All right. Hey, guys. It's Kristen Manning with Holistic Home and Lifestyle. So I've been noticing that the more popular podcasts of mine seem to be uh, the ones kind of directed at current events and the things going on in the world. Even if I'm, I kind of cover a little bit of that in everything, but I may have, you know, like my last podcast uh, on anxiety, you know, I do address a lot of the things going on in the world because it's literally contributing to everything health and wellness related right now. It's hard to speak on health and wellness, specifically natural health and wellness. I wouldn't, uh, call like mainstream Western medicine health and wellness anyway. So when I'm, when I am saying that I'm, I'm always meaning natural. Um, but it's impossible to talk about that now without addressing current events because everything seems to be connected. Uh, but because I'm noticing my most popular posts are focused on these current events, I wanted to cover some stuff right now. And um, since I'm really trying to drive home this idea that you should be growing your own food, I've got some headlines to help prove exactly why we need to be growing our own food. Okay, so let's get started with the term carnism. Have you ever heard of carnism before? Because carnism.org wants people to stop eating meat due to its immorality uh, what I think is truly immoral is the treatment of the animals by big agriculture. I mean, when we have small farms where there's grass-fed meats, you know, grass-fed cattle, <laughs> calling them meat, grass-fed cattle and chickens, free-range chickens, you know, these animals are healthy, they're treated right, they're living their lives as best as could be expected, they've got acres and acres to wander So, I mean, this is an ethical treatment of animals. So what's so wrong with that, right? And then when you do consume these animals, they're healthier. You didn't torture them their whole lives and inject them and keep them penned and, you know, just in piles of their own urine and feces. So what's, what's unethical is the way, you know, the government is controlling our food, big agriculture and all the industrialization of, you know, the farming with the GMOs and the pesticides just destroying the planet. But they're saying, no, 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 meat's responsible. All of these animals are destroying the planet. So let's go ahead and stop eating them. And they basically want to cancel carnism like they're canceling everything else. And of course, what do they want us to eat instead? Bugs, we've been hearing a lot about, which, you know, there are plenty of cultures out there that eat bugs. And that's cool eat bugs if you want. I don't want to eat bugs uh, unless I am in an absolute, uh, mm -mm, no, mm -mm. I can't even picture it crunching down on a cricket, sucking up a few worms. It's not going to happen unless I'm in like a serious survival situation. I'm not eating bugs. It's just not appealing to me. It makes me feel sick. Other people can eat bugs. There probably, you know, are some very nutritious bugs and that's great. A lot of other cultures eat a lot of things that are good for you that I have zero interest in eating. And that's probably because I was raised here in America where, you know, we grew up on microwave dinners. I mean, being born in the early 80s, that was all the trend, right? Eating like 
box meals. I remember my parents had this weird microwave stackable plastic thing that you put like your main dish in the bottom and then the second stack up was a side dish and then the third one was dessert and you just pile all this stuff in plastic and then you pop it in the microwave and you just zap it for however long and then boom your food's ready I mean that is the fact that I don't have cancer and I'm not dead already is insanely amazing that is so toxic heating your food in plastics for one microwaving and just zapping the crap out of it. I mean, are there any nutrients left in that food? How much radiation is in it? It's pretty crazy. And then like, that's when, you know, all of the packaged foods became really popular and all this convenience foods, I should say. Um, So yeah, so we were kind of raised to eat all this, you know, packaged thing that we thought were real food while other countries are eating livers and eyeballs and fish head soup and things of that nature, super healthy, doesn't sound good to most Americans. Um, Okay, so what do they want us to eat instead besides just bugs? Soy-based meats. And soy is toxic for you uh, when you're eating a lot of it. You know, a lot of cultures, Asians specifically, eat do eat soy. You know, miso, soy sauce, tempeh things like this, but they eat it in small quantities and it's fermented soy. Typically, you know, it used to be non-GMO fermented, kind of gets rid of all of these lectins and these anti-nutrients in the soy. But now we've just got like highly processed, highly GMO'd, you know, doused with pesticides soy and it's permeating every part of our food system because it's in all the packaged foods, chocolates, have that soy lectin, lectin. I hope I'm saying that right. I don't know. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say it. I've just read it. And then there's soy in everything. And the people who really notice are the people with a soy allergy because you can't eat anything. You can't eat any packaged foods, even, you know, sauces and stuff. It's kind of like trying to avoid vegetable oils. They're everywhere. So if you just avoid packaged foods, you can really cut out a lot of this soy. You know, um, soy is a type of plant, has a type of plant estrogen in it, and it causes breast cancer in women. And I wouldn't doubt that it's the cause of a lot of gender dysphoria among boys having higher levels of estrogen due, you know, to this overconsumption of soy. And and not only that, but the hormones that are injected into all these uh, big ag farm animals, you know, to make them develop more meat. You know, if you notice, like, even girls are developing faster. This isn't new. We've kind of known about this for a while. And when you're eating these, you know, giant industrialized farm-raised cattle, you're getting all of this stuff. Not to mention their diet is based on a soy-based diet. So you're also getting the soy that they've consumed. So it's just, we've got too much soy as is. We need to cut way back. And definitely don't eat. I mean, have you read the ingredients in a Beyond Burger meat packet? I mean, it is a long list of just toxins, vegetable oils, soy. It Like, why on earth would I read? You know, it makes sense. They're trying to kill us off with their gender, gender, with their depopulation agenda. And so it would make sense that they would push like just straight chemical meat, quote unquote, on us and say, we should all be eating this because then we're all going to have cancer and then we're going to be paying them, you know, the little bits of money that we have left 
to try and fight it with, you know, more chemicals, of course, and toxins, and they'll surely kill us all. Okay, so, carnism. Are you a carnist? All right, so another uh, topic is the export crisis, the this, this shipping container crisis, which has crippled exportation of perishable foods. The SSGA, which ships grains, peas, lentils, soybeans, are urging Biden to intervene. Of course, this was uh, pandemic-related disruptions, right? That's, that makes sense, because Agenda 2030 is kind of pushing everything to be so we're dependent on, on the government and we live in their smart cities and we own nothing and we just eat what they feed us. Well, if we can't, if we don't have access to any of these foods because they've created all of these, um, you know, engineered food shortages, well, surely we're going to have to depend more on them. So, and it's not just, you know, the, the grains and the soybeans, there's also vegetables, fruits, meats, and uh, all these spoilages happening because people can't ship out these products in time because of the shipping container crisis and yada, yada, yada. Very exciting stuff. There's an article uh, in AZ Central and other local news stations talking about the 165,000 hens that died from a spontaneous combustion in two different barns. outside. I can't remember if it was Tolleson or somewhere like that, but right outside Phoenix. Um, they're not addressing any food shortages. They're just mentioning that this happened, uh, interestingly enough, because the mainstream media doesn't really want you to know that they're engineering these food shortages for you. And I'm not saying that it was engineered. I mean, a spontaneous combustion can definitely happen. It's ironic, though, that this kind of thing has been happening all across the globe. And then, of course, reports of bird flu outbreaks in game birds and laying hens in the UK. Um, they're even saying that, you know, hunting is bad uh, for your, because you're using lead birdshot, which is toxic. Never mind that, you know, tons of herbs are processed unnecessarily with lead. Bloomberg is saying that the world will pay more for meat as food inflation deepens. The high prices of corn and soy are hitting farmers hard because that's what they, you know, feed their hogs, cattle, poultry. Of course, in a more natural setting, these animals would be grazing off of the land. They would be, uh, you know, eating bugs. The chickens would be eating bugs and grasses and all of this stuff, um, some seeds. The cattle would be grazing, grass-fed cattle, uh, hogs as well. So, you know, I don't necessarily agree with, like I said, the industrialized farming practices where we're just feeding GMO, uh, you know, pesticide-laden soy and corn to these animals and then we're eating them. But it, that's how it's happening. That's how uh, most of America, unless you're choosing to buy organic, unless you can afford to buy organic, and, and I know people who can afford it and they just don't care. I mean, you, there's plenty of times where organic grass-fed meats are on sale and you can stock up. But <clears throat> some people uh, say that they don't care about that and they, they like their toxins. I don't know. There's some weird people out there. Uh, my dad, if he's listening, is one of them. So, oh, where am I? Yeah, so I, never mind that that's not how they should be eating. This is how most of the world 
that's what they're eating. So, so these food prices are going to, you know, skyrocket. Okay, so then we've got stories of massive flooding causing food shortages in North Korea. They say about 1.2 million tons short, cat food shortages for pets, supply chain disruption from the, the Texas um, incident. You know, there's a diesel shortage causing, causing more supply chain disruptions. Um, the Corn Belt farmland lost about a third of its carbon-rich topsoil. They say farming is to blame. Stop growing food. They want to pay farmers not to grow food and to rewild. And I, you know, I agree it makes sense. Crop rotation is actually a huge part of keeping your topsoil healthy. Of course, not dousing it with chemical pesticides and artificial fertilizers. That's another point. But, you know, big ag is never going to acknowledge that that's a problem. So they're just saying, instead of, you know, farming correctly, they're saying just stop altogether. We'll pay you to stop farming. So that's interesting. You might want to ask yourself why and how that plays into Agenda 2030. Uh, so there's natural disasters causing all of this food loss. The White House wants to cut meat production to tackle climate crisis. Milk, of course, is fatal. Sky News is talking about fatalities from cow milk allergies in kids. You know, Henry Kissinger's famous quote, uh, the second half of it anyway, control the food and you control the people. Something to ponder. Ukraine is running out of soybeans and Argentine soybean crop was devastated by some recent storms. Um, I already said the BBC said hunting is bad because of the lead shot, toxic lead shot. Uh, grow your own food, people. Become self-sufficient. That's the only way to get out from under this. You know what I mean? They want to control the food and they want to control the people. If you're growing your own food, they can't control you. They can try. Um, let's see. Uh, in other news, not food-related, a court... In Canada, rules that children should not be in homes with anti-mask and anti-vax parents. So a man lost custody of his kid. Very interesting. $1.9 trillion stimulus has bailed out mismanaged blue cities, all the while devaluing your hard-earned money. Never mind that blue state continued lockdowns are contributing to even more hyperinflation. Voltaire has said, judge a man by his questions rather, rather than by his answers. So what questions are you asking about all this stuff going on? A really good question to be asking right now is, what can we do in response to all of this seemingly bad news? Um, you know, we kind of wonder, is there any functioning rule of law left in America? Uh, does writing to the attorney general or your governor matter? Well, I would say it's a good start. You know, demand health freedom, dump mask mandates, protect gun rights, like urge your local government to do these things. But I don't think we should stop there. I think that, you know, the biggest thing we need to be doing is becoming more self-sufficient. We need to form communities of like-minded people. Um... I would urge you to look into what agorism 
is because I recently was introduced to agorism and I find it very interesting. It's kind of like, um, well, let me just, let me just look up the definition because <clears throat> it's going to be easier than trying to say it myself. It's a social philosophy that advocates creating a society in which all relations between people are voluntary exchanges. By means of counter-economics, engaging with aspects of nonviolent revolution, agorism, right? This is something we all need to be kind of looking into and seeing how we can become agorists. Uh, you know, it's not all bad news that this is happening. Yeah, this stuff is devastating. And I, you know, I go back and forth between just like the excitement of everything going on and being alive during this time to feeling like a very real loss of my freedoms and hopes and dreams, you know, whether they were real or just fake, like a false sense of, you know, freedom. Are we living in a Truman show? You know, are we in the matrix? I coming to like an awakening and seeing all of this stuff. And I, and I feel like I've been awake to a lot of this for a long time, but this past year has been a really rude awakening for even people who already saw through the BS, right? Because so much more has come to light and so much has, has really like hit home. We all have seen our, where, where some people have been in, in denial and some people still are. I know a lot of them and it's really sad and it's also really frustrating, but so much now is hard to deny. I mean, you have really got to be burying any kind of intuition that you have whatsoever deep. And I'm sure your body is rejecting that probably with anxiety or other kinds of stress related things like lack of sleep. I mean, you really have to be burying your intuition to not see what, that there's something, something else going on than what we've been told. Um, for, for people, you know, that have family and close friends that are still in this state of denial, it is, it's maddening almost. It's like, ah, you just want to shake them and wake them up because not only are they so negatively affected by their, the choices that they're going to make when, you know, the media is telling them, get vaccinated, continue to wear this mask, live your life in fear. But like, it affects all of us when we can't all stand up together and fight against this and just say, no, hard no, I'm opting out of this. So I think it's really important to form these communities. And I think it's getting back to like the way that God intended us to be living, right? I think that agorism is far more in alignment with the way God intended it than all of this corrupt, like government, big government, top down, you know, you work for us, you can never really come up and make money. But all the time that they're, they're suppressing our ability to make money because it's all, you know, so it's centralized, like these big corporations, they're, they're coming out on top and they're crushing the small businesses, even though this is supposed to be a free market economy. And the free market economy sounds great, but it's like, they're telling us at the same time that they're suppressing us, that this is what we should be striving for this American dream. And, you know, this uh, keeping up with the Joneses where we've basically just become consumers. And I mean, 
is that really where happiness lies? It's really weird because I just had to go get some flip-flops yesterday. And my husband and I went to Desert Ridge. It's this shopping center here in Arizona. And people are there shopping. And I'm wondering what they're shopping for all of these clothes for. Like, why are they buying all of these clothes? Okay, yeah, I was there getting flip-flops and he was there getting shorts. But, like, you need your basics, right? My flip-flops are destroyed. I need a new pair. It's I hate when my feet are hot. Um, and we're here in Arizona and we just moved back from Portland. So my feet get hot in about 65 degrees with the sun shining on them. <laughs> you know, uh, we're used to a little bit cooler weather right now, but, um, I'm just wondering like, what are all these people buying all these clothes for? If And granted it is more open here than it is in a lot of other places, but it still feels, I still feel very limited. And I feel limited, like <sighs> I was working on my businesses and I was building them and I felt like as soon as I got them off the ground, anything was possible. I'd be able to travel more. We could have multiple houses in multiple locations. I could help like get my family out, you know, buy my dad a new truck, like help out people that I know and love that are in need. And, and I could still do that. Right. But it almost feels like, are we even going to be able to get businesses off the ground if they're trying to crush us? Like, we really need to work hard. We need to stop giving the money that we do have to these major corporations. We need to decentralize. If we were spending our money, taking the money that we have, that we were going to spend anyway, right, on food or fresh veggies or clothes or whatever, and we spent it with other small businesses, other people like us, then we can keep the money in circulation and we don't have to feel like it's all going to just disappear. But, you know, when we're just giving it to these giant corporations, it's gone. They're not giving it back to us. They're paying minimum wage to the people they're buying. Walmart's buying, you know, slave labor clothing. I mean, is that something you really want to be contributing to? Unfortunately, small businesses charge more because their stuff is you know, ethically sourced, not everyone, but more likely than not, it's ethically sourced. It's homemade, handmade, um, homegrown, you know, if you're buying at farmer's markets. Um, so it is more expensive and, you know, not everyone can afford it, but we got to do what we can where we can, like what little changes can we make? And I really think that if we built these agorist communities where we had, you know, trade, um, some people, it's weird. I said this to someone before and they were like, yes, that's socialism. And I was like, well, that is not socialism. <laughs> of course, it was someone, you know, a lot of the younger generation and, and a lot of people who are listening to mainstream media have no idea what socialism is. It definitely isn't uh, a system, a com small community where you trade and you're, you know, free to do whatever you want. Uh, absolutely not. It's complete government suppression. And they are suppressing everyone down to the lowest levels to create, quote, equality. You know, never mind that you were a high achiever and you were doing big things and you had put a lot of money and time into, like, learning how to be valuable in the world. They're going to suppress you down to the people who don't want to do anything to create equality. They're going to make you dependent on them. You can't, you're not dependent on them if you're in a community of people who are growing your own foods, knitting your own this, creating your own, you know, natural medicines. Some people have bees, some people 
then give the beeswax to these people who make these medicinal salves or, you know, you trade with silver and gold so you can still participate in the, you know, maybe paying property taxes because they're going to get you that way, right? Or, you know, if you have to be on uh, government municipalities, you can, you know, pay, uh, pay those, pay your water bill for as long as they'll let you, unless they try to tell you like, oh, you're not vaccinated. You can't have any of these um, utilities anymore. You know, I don't know where it's going and that's some dark worst case scenario, but that's kind of what agenda 2030 spells out for us. And I, I like, I don't want to be doom and gloomy, but if you look at biblical prophecy and where things are headed, like a lot of things in revelation are coming to fruition right now, whether or not that means we're going to see, you know, the return of Jesus in our lifetime, I have no idea. I honestly, you know, as a Christian, I dream of, we, I think we all dream of like freedom from responsibility, from all of our troubles. And that would look, what would heaven look like? What heaven would look like? I imagine that's what heaven would look like. Um, I don't really know, but I think, you know, a very real feeling among a lot of people who are Christians is like, yeah, I want to go with Jesus when I die, but I don't, it's like the unknown. What is heaven really going to be like? And we can't really fathom how it would be so much better. So it's like, I don't, I don't know that I want Jesus to come back right now. And I know a lot of Christians could cringe at something like that, but I really think a lot of people could relate to that because I don't know, you know, I like life. I like being with my husband, my friends. I like, I appreciate the life that God has given me. Now, I think if it got real dark, yeah, we'd be like, all right, Jesus, come on, take me home, man. I don't want to live through this. I don't think it's that dark yet. Um, I do know, though, that that is where it will one day eventually go. I hope not to see it in our lifetime. I really think that if we want to change the trajectory, we need to take things into our own hands. We need to become self-sufficient. Don't wait. The time is now. You know, start learning how to seed harvest. I can't tell you how many experimental uh plant gardening things I have going on right now because there's no time like right now to be learning. I've not seed harvested from things like lettuce, you know, tomatoes kind of can just drop into the earth and regrow themselves. And here in Arizona, you can keep a tomato plant alive all year long. And, you know, there are things, you know, uh, squash, for instance, those are easy, peppers, but lettuces and some herbs and stuff I've not seed harvested so and and I've never really successfully grown many uh vegetables from seed before I most often bought plant starts I mean there are some things yeah but so so now I'm experimenting with all these different lettuces and things from seed and I'm having actually really good success I think it's just that I didn't have them in a warm enough location and I wasn't keeping them moist enough. So, you know, it's great to be learning these things now because if you wait until everything has completely collapsed, it's too late. And we're going to need the seeds before the collapse because one of the things I didn't put in here, but I have mentioned in previous podcasts is seed shortages. Of course, it's because of the pandemic, right? All of these things are 
because of the pandemic. That's why lumber is through the roof. Steel is astronomically high. I mean, we're looking to build a house. And of course, it has to be when lumber is the highest it's ever been. I mean, come on. So ask yourself what you're doing right now. Like you're busy, you're working, you're trying to make ends meet. I get it. You know, I don't know exactly where you are in life. And some of us are just paycheck to paycheck. Like how can we even think about or imagine being self-sufficient when we're just struggling to make ends meet? I have been there. Um, I have. But there are things we can do. We need to be solution-oriented. We need to decentralize. Get your money out of these main banks. Start uh, buying from small retailers. Get to learn how to grow your own food. Learn how to knit. Learn how to do something that's going to be useful if everything collapses so that you have something to offer. You're, you're valuable in some way. Like, what can you offer if computers are nothing anymore, right? There's, you know, no need for you if society collapses and we're not, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen in the future. I mean, it seems like they're trying to base everything off of computers, but if you're not going to, you know, work for these governments and their smart cities and contribute to all the evil corruption, you're probably not going to be working in a computerized industry anymore. So what can you do to be valuable in society when, if and when everything collapses? Uh, I, I know I want to be a medicine woman, basically. <laughs> I've been, I'm calling myself Coach Kristen Medicine Woman. I've been learning, and it's a slow process, how to um, create all of these different medicines. Like I'm pickling garlic right now. It takes like two months before I'm going to even know if it tastes good and should continue on because it needs to sit in my window. I mean, yeah, sure. There are probably other ways to do some of these things, but I'm using solar power. So like I'm making, um, medicinal oils with, uh, like a heavy dose of herbs, uh, cooking oils, like olive oil, not an essential oil, which I do want to learn how to make essential oils as well. Um, so I'm learning how to do that, but I'm doing it with the sun because who knows where things are going, but also because I don't have a double boiler. I'm sure, yeah, I could make one. I know, I know. But I really enjoy the idea of solar, solar infused teas. I even read a thing about lunar tea. I don't know how I feel about that. Like, is that real? Is it? I'm going to find out. I'm going to try it. I'm going to see what happens. What's the point? I don't know. Just some things seem, uh, you know, spiritual, but anti-Christian type spiritual, like ritualistic and I don't know. So I'm, I'm just, I don't know about the lunar tea, but I think I'll try it. See what happens. I don't understand it. I understand solar tea. I understand why, you know, sun beaming through the glass into the water and the herbs and the tea that I've got in there will, you know, create the tea with the heat. I don't understand the lunar tea and how that's going to work. Also, you're supposed to just keep it out there open all night under probably the full moon. Like how many bugs are going to be in it in the morning? I mean, if I cover it with something, is that inhibiting this lunar infusion? I don't know. 
I will keep you date up updated on how that goes. Keep you posted. But yeah, I want to be, you know, the natural health medicine woman who grows her own food, has her own chickens. I kind of want to do it all. One thing I don't do is knit. I can sew. I can hand sew and I can use a sewing machine. So I guess I've got that down. Um, I can cook really good. Um, what else? What else I got? <laughs> I've got some. My husband, he's great at fixing things. I mean, he knows a lot, a decent amount about some electrical stuff and plumbing. I think being, you know, as self-sufficient as you can be. We've got a great store of solar-powered lights and hand-crank radios and hand-crank uh, um, flashlights. And what else? We're pretty good at stocking up on things, survival-type things. Even though we live in a Class A RV, which is those bus-looking ones. Not the van front with the bed overhead, but just the giant bus looking uh, RVs. So we're as stocked as we can be, or as ready as we can be. So what are you going to do? And and I would suggest if you don't have a community, we should be active. Here's what I haven't done. I haven't actively created my community. I do have like-minded friends and we have loosely talked about this, but who's really taking action right now, right? Because if we're not taking action now and we're going to wait for everything to hit, we're going to be behind. We're going to be behind when society collapses and we're like, oh, I guess it's time to get those chickens. Oh, shoot. I can't. There's no way to get chickens. They've killed them all because I don't want us, you know, raising our own poultry, bird flu and such. So uh, I'm going to leave you with that. Yeah. Think about what you can do, what you can start doing today. Even if you are working paycheck to paycheck, can you get a tomato plant, grow your first tomato? I mean, I'm in Arizona. Tomatoes right now are popping off. They're super easy to grow out here. Could you just do some of your own herbs? Could you re-sprout some of your kitchen scraps? Could you make your own compost? You know, start making your own uh, uh, fertilizer, basically. Soil fertilizer. Learn about composting. Um, yeah. So I want to give a quick plug to my Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash holistic home and lifestyle. You can go there to find a bunch of useful information on prepping and survival, health information. I'm constantly posting new things. If you, there are a lot of, things you can just check out without being a patron. But if you become a patron at $2, $5, or $15 a month, there's different levels of information you can access. Um, obviously, I think everyone needs this information, and I'd love to give it out for free, but a girl has got to eat. So with all the time and effort I put into researching this stuff and recording these podcasts and writing the blog posts and posting them, I actually you know, need to make some sort of income off of that. So that's why I do that. And if you are into health and wellness and you're a coach, go to wellnessstockmarket.com and check out my stock photography shop. And have a great day. Talk to you later. Bye.